Good. Well, we are going to continue on in our study we're doing called Living Invitations. Living Invitations, and uh, there's a lot of parts in this series, but I do big series. I get on a thread and I kind of stick with it. And um, this series, in effect, it's about the church, and we're the church. The you're the, the people. You guys are the church. Right now, we're the church gathered together. When you leave, you're still the church. You're just the church out and about doing, doing the, you know, what the church does. And so, uh, so the church is something that we are, all right? And, and not just something that we go and do once or twice a week. We're the church. Because it's about people, it's about relationships. So it's about our relationship with God. It's about our relationship with one another. And it's about our relationship with the future people of God. And we have spent most of our time so far talking about that relationship. We use the term mission for that. And then sort of the bridge between what we're going to start talking about today, fellowship, and mission is discipleship. We spent the last few weeks talking about that. And uh, as I said, today we're going to talk about fellowship. And uh, fellowship, uh, we'll get into it in a minute. But first, so, you know, Pastor Barry's down and around. You'll see be back here tomorrow. He preached for me Wednesday night. He sent me some jokes. So I wanted you to know the quality of jokes that he sent me. What did the ocean say to the shore? Nothing. It just waved. See? What do you do when you see a spaceman? You park man. <laughs> space. When you see a spaceman, you park man. Scripture reading, here on purpose. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So we see this idea of fellowship taking place uh, in the very beginning of the church. And as a result of their fellowship, their relationship with one another, it was impacting the world around them. And mission was taking place because people were being added to the kingdom and moving into discipleship. So all these things tie together in the process. But uh, point number one in your notes is this. What is fellowship? What is fellowship? Because it's kind of an interesting word, and um, it's, it's a churchy word, I would say, outside of the church. I don't know that it's used a whole lot. No, it's like, you say, hey, how would you like to go and have some fellowship? It's not, I don't think it's normal. And, and uh, but in the church, it's very critical. It's very important for us. And so now we're talking about a relationship with other believers. And so it's good to have the word. So Christian fellowship is believers in Christ coming together in unity, love, and humility to mutually support and encourage one another. That's the idea behind fellowship. Believers in Christ coming together in unity, love, humility, to mutually support and encourage one another. The word in the Greek is the word koinonia. 
And that word occurs 20 times in the Bible, and literally it means fellowship, sharing in common, common union, and the word first appears in those verses that I read to you in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So um, fellowship is the idea of believers coming together and encouraging and supporting one another in this life. Secondly, our fellowship occurs within the body of Christ, within the body of Christ, within the church. Christian fellowship, according to me, is something that, that believers have with the people of God. So our relationship with the future people of God is something different, and we talked about that in our um, discussion of mission. It's a question mark on the end of that that doesn't need to be there. So, uh, it's not a question. <laughs> so, so um, relationships um, in this context are important that we understand the difference. So, um, we, we need to have relationships with other believers, and, and that's what fellowship is. Uh, but, you know, we talked about having relationship with non-believers uh, all through the series up to now, and that's important too, uh, and that we keep those going. But you, it's, it's not either or. There, these both need to be happening in your life. Um, we, we need to have relationship with other believers. We need to have relationship with non-believers to be people of mission. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. So this idea of fellowship that we're talking about today, or, or koinonia, is something that only happens in the body of Christ. Because we're united to one another by common beliefs and values and purposes. We're filled by the same Holy Spirit who indwells each of us, and leads and guides us. Uh, John 18, 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. So there's something about us as believers that gives us a different perspective from the world around us because as believers, we're already citizens of the kingdom of God. And so, in effect, we're strangers in this world, and the shared longing that we all have is for our true home in eternity. That's something that's in all of us as believers. We all have a sense that, that there is something better that awaits us because that's your citizenship. When you come to Christ, that's part of the deal, is that you become a citizen of heaven. And, and so, our fellowship then helps us to stay focused on the things of the kingdom, and it allows us to redeem this time while we wait for His return. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 2, 1 through 2, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. So, so this fellowship that we have is with one another as believers. And as I was saying, we need these relationships as well as the relationships we talked about in mission. 
some people try and get in extremes, or they get caught in extremes without realizing. Now, some people, um, when they come to Christ, they uh, sort of, over a period of time, and sometimes just not all that long a period of time, have changed all of their relationships so that all of their relationships now are only with other believers. It just kind of happens that way because you have a lot of shared in things in common. And so sometimes people will come and they'll, they'll sort of, over time, you know, a short period of time, really start changing their relationships, hanging around with other believers. That's, that's generally something that happens. Um, other times, people will sort of come into this thing, and then they, they start to think, but I don't need the church. And you'll, you'll meet people all the time that will tell you, well, I'm a, I'm a solid believer, but I, I don't go to church. I don't like church people. And uh, I, I understand that, but, but we need the fellowship. See, we need one another because we encourage one another and we help one another and we help each other grow. And so we need these relationships. We also need our relationships intact with people that are not believers yet. And those are, those are a little more, um, uh, uh, sometimes they're harder to maintain. Other times they may be easier to maintain. I don't know. But the, the reality is we need to be thinking about all these relationships, making sure we're only, that our relationship isn't only with um, pre-Christians, but that, that it's not all with Christians, but, but both of these things are vitally important. And so we need the church. We need one another. We're, we're called into this thing. The church is here for us to come together. We have purpose. We have mission, things that we do outside it. But we need one another. And um, church can be difficult sometimes because people are difficult. But, but it's as we learn to deal with those things that we grow. And most of the growth that we have um, comes at some point of conflict. Hopefully it's not big, horrible conflict, but, you know, we, we have to learn how people operate, and we have to learn how to have grace, and we have to learn, you know, patience, and we have to learn forgiveness, and we, we have to learn um, how not to be judgmental and how not to be critical, and we have to, we have to ask, you know, the Spirit of God to show us how to love one another well, and, and how to love one another even if we have slightly differing opinions on certain things, and, and you know, but, but on the main things, you know, we obviously, we, we, we agree on those. And we're, we're pushing forward together. And then we need to maintain relationship with unbelievers because the hope is that out of those relationships, they'll become believers. And, and, uh, and so this is the balance that we face. But, but our fellowship is with other believers. The, the other relationship we have, that's not fellowship. It's something different. It's relational and it's good, but it's mission. And, uh, and, and so that's all part of the process. This fellowship then, uh, thirdly, is based in Christ. So our, our fellowship, or koinonia with one another, is based on our common fellowship, or koinonia, with Jesus Himself. 1 John 1, 6 and 7, If we claim to have fellowship with Him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So as I was saying, life as a believer isn't a solo undertaking where we work out our relationship with God in isolation from other believers. Um, our, our relationship with God then is, in, in effect, is enhanced and developed in our relationship with one another. And so that's a vital part of this idea of fellowship, is the idea of one another. And so um, that's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Point number four is this, is that our fellowship is expressed in one another, one another. Now, um, 
The reason I, I keep saying one another is that's a very important New Testament term, one another. And in English, it's two words, but the Greek word that it's translated from is just one word, alelan, alelan. And um, it's used a hundred times in the New Testament in 94 verses. Sometimes it's repeated in the verse. Forty-seven of those verses are instructions to the followers of Jesus. And of those verses, one-third are about unity in the church. Another third of those are about how we're to love one another. And then 15% of those verses are about the importance of humility. So our, our big three topics moving forward are going to be about those things. Um, unity in the church, how to love one another, and the importance of being um, humble and walking in humility. And so that's where we're going to move over the next few weeks. But there's some other one another verses that don't really fit into the context of those three things. And so I thought we would, uh, we would just look at a few of those today and sort of give us something to think about as we prepare for the idea of one another in the future. So um, the first one is Romans 14, 13. And it says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Another believer in Christ, what we need to do is, is learn to stop passing judgment on one another. So one of the things that happens and why sometimes people have a struggle with fellowship is that um, a group of believers, if they don't have a good outward focus, which is why I spend the time on mission, get this inward focus and it, it gets toxic um, because we were created. See, all these things have to be working for us to, to live healthy. And so if we don't have an, an, a focus that we're supposed to have, which is mission, we start getting internal, we circle the wagons, and all we can do is sort of look at each other, and we'll just start picking each other apart um, because we, we don't have a, 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 you know, a focus that's beyond that. And so when the church gets very inwardly focused, it gets very critical, and it gets very sort of um, campy, like there's camps of folks, and they, they don't treat each other well sometimes. And, and what will happen out of when that toxic situation happens, oftentimes that's when people decide they don't want to have anything to do with the church because that's all they think church is. So we have to go out of our way to make sure that we're not like that, um, that we have plenty of room for, um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us and, and to allow us to trust that He will work out situations. And so if we... Um, if we were to have a, a disagreement over something that wasn't one of the main things, we, we would love one another well enough that we would say, you know, for now we need, to, we need to both be praying about that until the Holy Spirit helps us to bring some sort of resolution to it as we study the Scripture. Um, but in the meantime, we're still going to love one another, encourage one another, and not let that be the focus of our relationship that we don't agree here. And so, so that's this idea of not, you know, passing judgment. I, I, we talked about this not that long ago when we looked at the, the story of the, of the speck and the log. And, and it said, you know, how do you, how do you deal with the, the speck in your brother's eye when you've got this plank in your own eye? And it's a really a great story. You know, it's like a little piece of tiny sawdust and, that's, and, and you've got this plank. It's like, how can you even see around that plank to be thinking about those things? But um, if we get too inwardly focused, then, then that's what happens. And that's not a good situation. 
So um, we need to make sure that we we enter in and engage in these situations, love and encouragement and prayer, and, and uh, um, you know, that uh, we understand that we're, we're going to come at this thing a little differently, but the main things have to be in line, and then we, we have some room to work on the other things together. Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other or one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Law of Christ, you love one another, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, the, the, anytime that there's a uh, summary of those things, I like those summaries, you know what I mean? Because if you, this fulfills the law and the prophets, this fulfills, when he tells you something like that, well, look, that's really cool. And uh, this is one of those things. We're to carry each other's burdens. So we're to be looking on ways that we can help one another, encourage one another, support one another, whatever that looks like. And, then, and you know, certainly in, our, in, our, in the smaller context, but also in the bigger context, which is why, you know, we, we want to help the, the folks in Texas, the churches, as well as the, the people struggling outside of that. Um, one of the things, I, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, working through Convoy, Convoy works through local churches. So they're there. Supplying the churches so the churches can give away stuff into the communities, and we have opportunities to pray for folks and encourage them and do all sorts of neat things. So um, that's all part of this process. We're carrying each other's burdens, and so we need to be looking at what does that look like? How do we help one another? Here's another big one Ephesians 4 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we're all members of one body or one another. It's actually there. So um, the, the, uh, this is a big deal, too. We're supposed to put off falsehood, and we're to, we're to speak truthfully to one another. We're to, we're, to, um, we're to speak the truth in love, obviously. But to me, that means when we come together, we, we don't need to be putting on masks of um, how we're going to be at church. Uh, we, we need to be honest with one another. We need to be real with one another. We need to... Um, be able to, to help folks and, and be helped when we need it. We, we need to have people praying for us, and uh, we need to pray for folks. And so um, I think it's very important that we get this way and that we, um, we, we don't need to uh, overbuild up ourselves in the eyes of anybody else. We just are who we are. And, and, you know, we come with our own sort of messes, and we bring all that into the mix, and we would encourage one another and help one another with that. This is similar, Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So again, the, the, uh, the call here is to be very honest and very open and very real and very transparent with one another um, in the context of our fellowship and being real. And then James 5.16, here's another one. Therefore, confess, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So um, here we go with the idea of uh, confessing our sins to one another. Now, let me say this in relationship to that particular verse. I don't believe that means you, you need to uh, come in and shock everybody with your sin uh, and just sort of lay it all out there for big groups of people. Uh, I don't think that's what that means at all. I think that means this, that um, you, you need to have, in the context of fellowship, a believer or two in your life that you are absolutely able to talk about the things that are, are still, you're still struggling with, and who you know will not 
judge you um, or, or, you know, be shocked, but will immediately take that to prayer and begin to encourage you and support you and help you. Um, that that uh, my prayer for everybody is that you have at least one person in your life like that. Um, that you can just say, man, I'm still struggling with this. And uh, so often people are struggling with something and they're convinced that they're the only Christians that are still struggling in those areas. And, and the enemy is just beating them to death with it. Um, and, and yet, you know, uh, we, we struggle in all sorts of areas. And so you need someone that you can, because just even getting it out there brings it out of the darkness into the light and takes the power out of it. See, that's the whole deal. When you got stuff stuck in the darkness, it's, it's just the enemy has power there. Stuff in the light he has no power over. So you get it into the light and it loses its power. And, and so you should have at least one person like that in your life. If you're blessed, you have two or three. Uh, and that's huge. But at least one. Some people don't have one. And I know that. And um, they'll actually ask me, well, how do I find somebody safe like that? How do I? Because you need to have a safe person. Like I said, they can't. Their reaction has to be not to go and gossip. Tell everybody, oh, that's terrible when that happens. Or, you know, in the form of a prayer request, go and let out your worst stuff to everybody else in the group. That's not what I'm talking about. So somebody safe who, who will just be able to take what you say and encourage you. And so people will say, well, how do I find that person? And this is my best advice on that. Be one of those people. Um, be a safe person who doesn't gossip and who takes things that people say in confidence and prays for them and encourages them, blesses them and you'll, you'll get those people back in your life. But it kind of starts there. So uh, if you don't have that sort of situation, ask God to help you find a person uh, that, that you can be honest with so that you're not carrying around stuff that's hidden in the darkness and letting the enemy beat you to death with it. So from that little chunk of verses, um, we're not to judge one another. We're to help bear one another's burdens. We're to speak truthfully to one another, confess our sins to one another, and pray for one another. And um, that's very important. So that's a pretty good list to start with this week. And like I said, over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to look at some of those verses and talk about um, those areas that I mentioned. But um, that's what fellowship does for us. It, it encourages us. It helps us to grow. And it helps us to stay focused on the things that matter in the kingdom and um, to understand how amazing it is that he's called us together to be his body on this journey. So uh, that's where I'm going to end that today.